This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Hey folks, welcome to the last few days of dry January. What a month it has been. I hope you have uh, been able to, you know, keep keep the month dry if you're participating. If not, maybe you want to try it for February or, you know, the rest of the year or just here and there. And speaking of dry January, we're going to be hearing from someone in the middle of the episode that uh, was reluctant to try it, but ended up trying it. And uh, you're going to hear the results, what they thought about it. But before that, we're obviously talking to Oren Ferris on this show. Oren uh, is a huge fan of craft beer and is currently studying uh, brewing, the art of brewing, essentially, at Sacred Heart University, where he was a recipient of the Athletic Brewing Company Scholarship. So we're going to be hearing from Oren today about what he's learning, what he's looking forward to once he completes this education, what excites him most about the world of brewing. It was a great conversation. Hope you enjoy. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. Oren, welcome to Without Compromise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, you opening up the lines and um, allowing me to share my story. Absolutely. Now, I appreciate you jumping on. And, and we were just talking about uh, you visiting the brewery, Athletic Brewing. Tell me about, you know, you grew up in the area, or at least in Connecticut. W- were you into brewing or did, were you around a family that was into it? Or, or what kind of things did you grow up um, doing? Um, For the most part, I would say... Um, I grew up more so around consumers of beer, not in like a, not in a, a negative way, but, you know, my grandparents, you know, grew up drinking. It was, it was kind of around, it wasn't something that was like, you know, too blatant or, or, you know, too in your face. But, um, prior to this, we were just, you know, my grandfather, my grandparents drink Bud Light and, you know, that's, that's kind of their, their baseline. They don't really deviate from that. So, um, just I would say my my initial interest into craft beer came much more after, um, and just growing up in the Hartford area. Growing up in Hartford was uh, interesting. I would say I grew up around um, a diverse group of people, just between neighbors and you know classmates and things like that. I was always surrounded by people of different cultures, backgrounds, experiences. So it was good for me to to see that at such a young age, because I feel like it helped me build a a way to engage with people from all walks of life. So with that, I didn't really have much, um, much issues in engaging with people of different backgrounds and things like that. So once I got to, once I got into the working in the, in, in the brewery or, you know, in the craft beer industry, just became easier to talk to people and engage and just, you know, kind of be myself. When did you start getting into that? How did you get introduced to the industry? I would say it was kind of twofold, just just how you hinted, like, you know, I went to, I was a college student, so, you know, buying whatever's cheapest, whatever's, you know, you know, the, the, the cheapest option that we have so we can, you know, enjoy the weekend. And then from there, I would say after college, my impression around beer grew a little bit more. And um, it was actually a beer fest I went to. It was um, the Great American uh, Beer Festival in Providence, Rhode Island. They have a 
a fall and a spring uh, series. So they do two, they do two a year. Um, I would say I went to my first one in 2012. Next thing I know, I was going to the fall one and, you know, it was off to the races from there. Throughout that, I'd been visiting breweries, um, especially once I came back to uh, to Connecticut after after college. There was one brewery in the area who would do like a um, a beer tasting or a, a beer sampling happy hour on Friday night. So like first to third Friday of the month, you know, you can come get a little taster cup can hang out for a few hours and you know have your fill it was it was just something to do and then from there the taste for it grew and the the want to drink more craft beer and then visiting breweries from there it's just kind of taken off do you remember at those festivals maybe one beer or something you tried that was like oh my gosh this is this is different this is what this is about <laughs> Well, the funny thing with that is I'll, I'll say one style that has been or has remained, you know, one that I, I really appreciate is IPAs. I mean, I know it sounds, it's the it's the go-to now, especially, you know, living in New England. But um, to be honest, it was really a West Coast IPA that really, that really set it out for me. And I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if it was earlier on in the beer fest, but I had it at a beer fest. And then thereafter, that was like, it became my, my staple beer, probably for a good season, if you will. It was um, Lagunitas uh, 12th of Never. And it, man, it just, it, it really did it for me. Like having it, you know, the first time it just, it was, it was everything I would expect in a beer. Just the bitterness, the flavor profile, the hoppiness of it. It was, it, it was perfect. I had found, found my beer, if you will. <laughs> When, when did it start turning into like maybe I I could do this for a career rather than just as a as a as a hobby or as a, as a passion? Well, I would say that came probably after just in my experiences visiting breweries. It really going in, you know, seeing the experiences, engaging with the um, <clears throat> with the the bartenders and and servers and things like that. Like it, it just came a transition where I figured I'd try it out. Um, I worked a lot in, in the corporate world. So just wanting to get a change of pace for work where, you know, I'm not just a number, you know, producing, I can actually engage and, you know, engage with the people I work with. Not to say that I, you know, I was in like a cube in a corner, just like crunching numbers, but it was, it was just the, the, the feeling you get when you're in a brewery, just sitting at a bar, just conversing. And then I actually got presented an opportunity, I would say, three years ago. It was actually for a, a like a beer garden, like a summer beer garden, um, just an event they were doing one time a week at a local park. It was two breweries that got together and, and put on the event. I figured, you know, why not get a little side job in the industry, see what it's about, see if I actually even like doing this. Or even if I could, like, um, to just kind of get a, a change of pace from, you know, the corporate world and things like that. I started out doing that just um, on uh, one Friday a month. Oh, excuse me. One Friday a week. And uh, from there, really enjoyed it. Just kind of, you know, learning and knowing absolutely nothing about beer. Still very, very green aside from, but I enjoyed it. With that opportunity, I was... Um, at the close of the season of working in the beer garden, I was offered an, an opportunity to uh, to bartend at one of the breweries that um, that had put on the beer garden. So 
I mean, from there, I got in serving bartending and COVID hit. And it just kind of, you know, put a little bit of a halt on things. So it, it left me a little unsure about what actually could become because, you know, places are closing. You can't actually go and, and sit in the tap room and things like that. So I started working on the canning line, um, just filling cans, stacking pallets and, you know, and getting it in the cooler and all that. And just from there, things have just taken off. I got moved up to a closing manager. I do um doing more of the canning. And then um, as of recently, within the last, I'd say two months or so, I've been working on the production side, just um, mostly cleaning and sanitizing, basic stuff, dry hopping, uh, beast pulling, things of that nature, helping out where I can within the brewery. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been a fun experience. Overall, it's been, it's been, it's been quite a lot, but um, an, an enjoyable experience nonetheless. I'm a, I'm a person who I like to be immersed in, you know, in, in things that I have going on. So to, to have that opportunity in an industry that, you know, really just started for me enjoying beer is rewarding. Is, is there a part of the industry or within the brewery that you enjoy doing the most? It sounds like you've done a lot in a short amount of time. What, what, what is, what have you enjoyed the most? Which part <laughs> of it you'd say? It, to be honest, it's, it's everything. It's everything about it. It's the front of the house being able to, you know, engage with a customer and especially for those who don't who don't enjoy beer or don't or have a specific style of beer that they like i'm always the type to you know make suggestions or try to find something that fits to your palate so that you can actually you know enjoy and appreciate you know what it is that we have to offer a lot of times you'll get people who come in with beer drinkers and they're like oh i don't drink beer you know what do you have for me and you know rather than you bolting for the door or sitting at the table drinking soda you know, at least we can go through what we have on tap, you know, and I can provide a, a sound recommendation. That that part I enjoy, just the conversations that are had across the bar. You know, you, you meet people from all walks of life. We have firefighters, you know, construction workers, healthcare professionals, you know, insurance people, you know, but we it runs the gambit. So being able to sit and engage with them on whatever level is, is something I thoroughly enjoy. And then from there, just learning more about the, the back of the house and like productions and recipes and seeing what goes into the intricacies of actually making a good quality beer. You know, I'm still learning that, but there's a lot of interest in there just with what goes into the process. What, so tell us about, speaking of that and what you're learning, wh when did this opportunity at Sacred Heart University pop up and, and, and what did, what were your thoughts about that and how, how'd you get in? Just cause, uh, that's kind of taking it to the next level, like another level of commitment. And was that something you felt ready to do, you wanted to do, or did the opportunity just kind of pop up and you're like, let's do it? It was it was kind of twofold, I would say. So the, I would say the opportunity, I'd heard about Sacred Heart University, the brew program, a little more than a year ago. I had seen the advertisements for it. Initially when I saw it, I just thought it was really out of my realm. I'm like, how am I possibly going to go to school amid COVID and all this other, everything, just, just having life, you know, going on before you. Not being sure if I could actually do it, but wanting to learn as well. You know, just being in the, in the, working in the brewery for about a, about a year at that point. I, I wanted, I wanted to learn more about, you know, about the product and, you know, what we were putting out. So from there, just kind of doing some, some studying on my, on my own watching YouTube videos and buying books online and things like that. Just some, just some basic knowledge. Not that I was homebrewing or anything like that, 
that's what kind of got me going initially. From there, I would say just um, wanting to see more of a change in the industry is really what kind of pushed me forward more with, with going forward is, you know, a lot of times you'll go to a brewery and there's not many minorities. So I'm like, what's the best way to make an impact within, you know, within industry, within, within anything, whether it be an organization or whatever is to, is to directly be involved. You know what I mean? Get in there, do the tough stuff, be on the, on the ground level of, of the industry to, be able to evoke the change that that you may want or that you know that you see a need for do, do you feel maybe a responsibility almost like hey I, I have this passion i see the need here's the opportunity you know i i am someone that can help bring this change about in, in a way yes i mean i, I don't want to i don't necessarily want to put all the weight on my shoulders no, but no, i think no, no, just no. within but just my... <laughs> doing your part i guess <laughs> of course of course yeah just you know, just being that, being that you know, that vessel of um, of of comfortability of uh, of information and you know, just being someone that can that can that can be here and just be like, hey, I know what it's like. Like I've I've been to certain establishments where you know everyone's here to drink, but it just it just feels off. You know what I mean? And and not to you know not to point anything out or or you know whatever, but there is there's a certain demographic when you when you when you go to a brewery so you know just overcoming that and allowing me to just be here for the beer to be the main reason you know what i mean it's not not all the other outliers that that life or societal norms present to us it's really just about hey man i enjoy beer you enjoy beer we don't need to talk about the the things that make us different we should you know just focus on what what we're here for and what we like I'm sorry if that was uh that was that was long winded, but no, that's this is perfect. Hey, I, I'd rather have someone talking more on a podcast than less. I've had people that yeah. will answer the question yes and no, and that that's tough to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is awesome. So, so tell it. What is the most interesting thing you've learned about the industry so far, and and what is the ultimate goal with this program? Like, well, like by the end of it, what are you supposed to be able to to do or no? Let's take a quick break from Orange Story and hear from Spencer, who was a little apprehensive about going into dry January, but decided to do it anyway. And here's how it went. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Spencer Mahoney from Atomic Coffee Roasters. I connected with Mason at the beginning of the week after sharing a post about how I kind of stumbled upon dry January this year. You know, I've been a fan of athletic brewing and leading up to this January, I saw plenty of posts about it. I'm a kind of semi washed up OCR athlete runner because I just had my first child. And, you know, I've got plenty of friends that are still in the OCR game that were uh, ambassadors for athletic sharing about dry January and whatnot. And, you know, it was coming at me from all angles. And at no point did I ever even consider like, yeah, that's something I want to do this year. And then I was just saying how powerful it is that all of a sudden I saw athletic brewing at my local Whole Foods. And I'm like, I'll grab some of that. Like, I like Upside Down. I'll grab that brought it home and I'm drinking one at night. And then I'm like, you know what? Why don't I go for this? I've always been somebody that enjoys a challenge. I'm not, you know, one that's drinking in excess regularly by any means, but I definitely have 
the occasional drink throughout the week. And I'm like, this shouldn't be too difficult. Had to go through, you know, the whole like going out with friends, going to the family's house where everybody's drinking wine a couple of times throughout this month where I had to actively be like, nah, like I'm, I'm bringing athletic with me and whatnot. So, and honestly, it's gone beyond just the, the challenge of this month itself, but I've also kind of put something forward where I'm going to do a different challenge in February and try to keep the the game rolling here. I'm probably going to go back to the occasional beverage uh, in February and beyond, but uh, there's definitely going to be more athletic as part of my lineup um, and definitely more days taking off from a from an alcoholic drink than I think would have been previously. Shout out to everybody that's been keeping the party going this month and kudos to uh, the athletic team and, and everybody out there. You guys are doing a great job. Cheers. Thank you so much for that, Spencer. All right, let's go ahead and jump back into Orange Story. Um, At the end of the program, I'm, we should at least have a solid understanding of or a solid baseline of how to brew, you know, whether it be small scale or, you know, going to work for a larger company, we should, we should be able to under, you know, understand the inner workings within the back of the house, whether it be, you know, understanding the equipment and the process, as well as I haven't gotten to, to the next portions of, of classes, but just based off of the um, titles, we'll get more in depth into, um, like an intermediate level of brewing. So just a, a, a incremental advancement within um, within understanding how to make craft beer. Um, another good aspect I would say is we're learning a lot about safety and sanitation, which is very important, especially when you're dealing with consumable products for, for, for humans, especially um, food and beverage. So um, I would say those are the more important things and um, we should, you know, at least be, know how to, homebrew i guess in a way um just because of the way that the, the equipment that we're using and things like that in our class is on a smaller scale so we should at least be able to you know run an operation at home you know even if, if whether it just be for fun or you know or with with a purpose um and for me personally at the end of this i'm i've been trying to be open-minded to what the opportunity presents itself at the at the end or and or throughout the process of um, of this learning, I I do feel like I have a, a interesting dynamic for myself personally, having that I'm work currently working in a brewery and um you know and I'm learning you know I'm going to school for brewery sciences, so I the stuff that I learn in class I can directly translate to what I do at work. So that definitely presents a lot of thoughts around what, where, where I could go down the line. To be honest with you, um, I, I just want to enjoy what comes along the way. But ultimately, I would say, you know, it, eventually it'd probably be owning and operating a brewery of my own. I mean, I'm also not opposed to working for a large a company that allows me to, you know, really put my, my best foot forward and use the skills that I've, that I've attained over time. Just being open-minded, optimistic, and you know, and and working hard. Man, that, I'm really glad you said that. I, I feel like you almost people want you to have this kind of like end goal in mind. And man, I've never been that way either. I, I've always been like, you know, I'm going to learn what I want to learn right now or what I, I'm interested in. And I, ha I mean, I didn't. I studied biology. Ended up in the brewing industry. Yeah. 
I was I was in the, working in a national park, and it's just like you never know. And so I heard someone recently yeah. say on this podcast, actually, he, he's a YouTuber that's building mountain bike parks all over the country. Um, oh, wow. And he said, I never followed my dream because he's like, when you follow a dream, you're not accounting for all these things that can go wrong along the way or things that don't make sense. He's like, but yep. what I did follow is opportunity as they presented themselves. And so I keep chasing those opportunities as they just, the doors open and it's leading him down this really interesting path that he maybe didn't foresee. It's still in the world <laughs> of like cycling and, and mountain bikes, but it's not like I've got to do this or I'm a failure. You know what I'm yep. saying? I really yep. like that approach. And I'm, and I like your mindset around that because you just, like and, you said, you don't know what's going to happen in six months, uh, a year. And you, you might not like running a brewery. You might like brewing the beer itself. Or, I mean, I could absolutely, I mean, to be honest, it's just, I've, I kind of go back to, um, to kind of just similar scenario with you is like, you know, I, I went to college, you know, to study this. And then I came out and worked in a completely different industry. Like, you know, it's, and, and a lot, and <clears throat> throughout that four year process, it, you know, it, it, it was taxing, but at the, you know, at year three, I was just like, man, I can't wait to be done. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just can't wait to be done. And I feel like I, I might've rushed, like just being young and wanting, wanting the next thing. I, I might've left some opportunities on the table, not being there and being present and, and just working in different aspects of my craft to see what was presented. I was just focused on the end goal. I was like, all right, just give me, just give me my diploma. You know what I mean? And, and it, and it really takes away from the, the fullness of the experience. When you when you just look at the end versus seeing what what can present itself along the way, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You know, it, it, like you said, as someone someone said one time too, like opportunities are like like bus stops. Just keep waiting. Another one's gonna come, and you can jump on it. Like don't 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 be upset if you miss one. Another one will be there. Just be ready to get on. Just be ready to get on the bus, and you'll be ready to roll. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if I could say anything um, to kind of end that part is like. That's been my, like, that is this last two years for me, just being in the beer industry, you know, just, I, I talk about it, you know, I've been talking about it more than I would say the last, the last two, three months, you know, just with the opportunity for me to, to for me to get into the, the brewery sciences program is like two years ago, I was, you know, I had just accepted my first job into, into the craft beer industry, you know what I mean? To now me, you know, working at a brewery, being a closing manager, and, you know, being being in a brewery sciences program is just like, <laughs> it, it's very, I've, I've been saying it, it, it's been very serendipitous. It's just like, when, when you put things out and you, you know, put things out in the world and you and you do and you work hard, it, it, the, these things just kind of come. And it's completely grateful and full of optimism to to see what what, what comes comes from here. So with the the program, what what's what's one thing like maybe that you're really excited to learn? Is there something specifically that that you're maybe a little extra excited about? One aspect of brewing. Well, I mean, I would say for for stuff that's kind of that's piqued my interest initially, just um just off of some things that I've learned over the last you know throughout throughout the course up to this point um it's definitely been about water and like more the raw materials and the inner workings of how you can just take you know just starting off with just some base base raw materials you can 
then turn it into such a great product to be enjoyed and how the, the science and the chemistry along with with that like really mix you know makes the product you know um makes it available for actually brewing because you know if you just go out and get some some wheat from the field it doesn't necessarily you know produce good beer or the same thing with water is like you know you can just go get some regular tap water but you don't know what's in it you don't know the the, the makeup and the profile of it and things like that so I would definitely say just the learning more about the about the raw materials is something that I that I've found a little more enjoyment in really reading about them and, and understanding how they work and and all that goes along with that. For things going forward, I would definitely say um, I'm looking forward to working more on like creating recipes um, and, and things like that, like almost how you can replicate a drink to taste like a product almost like if you will like just with the different styles of beer people are making you know smoothie seltzers and milkshake ipas and beers with glitter and all this stuff and it you know people are making drinks that replicate their cocktail inspired their their sours that taste like popsicles it, it just just it runs the gambit i really appreciate the thought process and the the ingenuity that goes into creating a beer that tastes like a cake or a dessert or 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 whatever they're they're looking to to replicate in that so i think that that's just the the fun aspect of it so i'm look i am looking forward to that that's awesome Heck, they even make beer now that tastes like beer without alcohol. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. They're not teaching you any of those secrets, are they? (laughs) Not yet. Not yet, at least. I don't know if John revealed any any secrets, but uh, I know it's, I know it's, (laughs) he probably didn't. It's pretty protected, but, um, but no, that's awesome, man. I think he chose his words very carefully with, um, with me. I'd love to ask you like five or six rapid fire questions. You don't have to answer them in one or two words. It can be a sentence or two, but it's just like some background on you, learn a little bit more about you. And then we'll end with, uh, with, with the last question. All right. I'll try to keep my answers short and concise. Hey, (laughs) you never know. These tend to go on tangents, um, because they go on rabbit trails, but you never know. So, but, uh, here, here we go. Rapid fire. Number one. What are you most curious about right now outside of brewing? You got any interest or hobby that, that really has piqued your curiosity? Wow. Um, actually, so it, I would say it's been um, indoor planting and gardening. Okay. Um, okay. So I've been, um, I, have a, I have a pothos plant that, I'm, that I got in probably five or six years ago from a colleague. It just started off as like a small little, you know, little potted plant with about five or six vines in it and you know to now i've propagated it and the, the off sprouts have taken off and they're growing more i'm currently treating my succulents for um mealy bugs i bought a a big uh, succulent planter from a uh, from a wholesale um club that i will not disclose at this current moment and when i got the uh the plants home they um they were infected with mealybugs so um just going through the process of treating them so they can actually um so i can actually continue to grow them and move them back over with the other plants so i've actually got 
uh, a little bit of a plant quarantine going on right now. At the oh moment. man, they got their own <laughs> pandemic going on, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, legit. It's like you get out of one just to end up in another. But you know, they're doing all right. You know, I'm. I've been just treating them. Um, some plants take a little bit more care or um, need for care. So just working with them and, and getting them back up to speed so I can put them back out in the sun. Oh man. Do you, do you foresee or, or any possibility that passion, uh, no pun intended blossoms into something <laughs> that you, you do part time or something? Um, possibly I've been, I've been thinking about it more and, um, I, this, I mean, I probably should, you know, just, um, like just with family requests, like I actually had, um, uh, a cousin over uh, the other day and she was upset with me because I keep promising people, um, to give them like one of the propagated, propagated plants. Once they begin to grow, I'll, um, I've, I've allotted some to some people, but I haven't actually followed through with um, providing the actual plants. So when they come over and they see them, they're like, oh, they mean these are the plants and one of these are supposed to be mine. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Just give me some more time. It's like, you know, I guess I have a little bit of a separation anxiety going on where I I don't I, I want to watch them, you know, continue to grow myself. Although I'm, I'm sure I could still watch them and, and you know, track their progress. I just want to keep and retain them all for me. There you go. Here you go. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll outgrow you one day. You'll be like, all right, I got to get rid of some of these. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So see what I mean about these questions. They definitely go on, on tangents, which is fine. Yeah. So th- this one's, um, this one's also, this is a big question. What, what's your proudest achievement outside of brewing? Oh, hmm. I guess I would say, and I guess the easy one would be like graduating college being a, if it, if it weren't to be like, um, I guess professionally based, I would definitely say it would be, um, being a, being a, a a diligent family person, you know, being very dedicated to my family, you know, making sure that they're taken care of and they're good. Like my, you know, my, my immediate parents are fairly young. So I have a a good relationship relationship with my <clears throat> with my grandparents and you know my grandparents are starting to get up in age and the my grandfather just turned 65 um this past april so they're getting up in that retirement age and things like that so just making sure that you know that they're well taken care of and um and uh intended to as well um i have a nephew i'll actually be celebrating his second birthday this weekend coming up i was just um ordering some gifts for him earlier today so yeah, yeah i would say um that's that's probably something that I'm most proudest of is just really you know being being rooted in my family and having them be be not only my support system but you know my mentors and my educators as well. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I had to. That's a great answer. Haven't heard that answer yet. But so, what, what would you say? And I, I don't know if this is obvious or not yet. But what would you say your biggest goal is that you haven't yet achieved? <laughs> These are some small questions, ain't they? <laughs> um i would say it's being my best self i feel like that's a a ever growing and ever changing um goal and as long as you keep that in mind you'll always challenge yourself to be better and know that you don't know everything and there's still more opportunity to learn that's awesome now 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 on that pursuit that daily 
pursuit of, of being your best self. Is there a habit you have, like a daily habit or something you do every day to help to help you stay on track, help you be your best self? Could be exercise or or something in your diet. Is there anything you do daily? I would say it's probably two things, and not that not that I'm perfect with them every day. Of course, I I want to give myself a little leeway here. I'm not like a, a a Buddhist with like a very disciplined practice where I get up and do it every morning. But you know, it definitely helps when I do. I would say um, meditation and reading, just being able to kind of like clear your mind. And even if it's not like, you know, I kind of, I, I meditate in my bed, if you will. You know, I'll just kind of sit up, you know, sit in silence and just really hone in on what I look to accomplish and, you know, just staying positive within the, you know, the distractions of life, you know, is, is definitely a big one. And um, reading, I feel like reading helps me to kind of like, decompress in a way if you will like it's it's not easy to read all the time i will admit but you know even if i can get five or ten minutes in it definitely helps just with me to kind of get my mind going and you know i'm i I read about a few different things it's not so much about you know personal development and things like that um as much anymore more so it is about beer and 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 the, the inner workings of of um of that I would say those are probably the two things that that um that help me stay on track the most. When you visited the brewery, you got to try some some beer. I know. Was there? Did you have a favorite athletic beer or or one that you really enjoyed? I'm not going to put you on the spot to know the exact name, <laughs> but uh, if you do, go for it. So to be honest with you, all the beers that I had um, were really good. So it was the uh, survey. The first one I had when I was there was the Cerveza Atletico. Mm-hmm which was very good, very flavorful, really enjoyed it. I wanted to go something off of the cuff of what I would normally go for, which is an IPA, even though I ended up going, even I ended up having two of those while I was there as well. And I'm so glad that these were non-alcoholic because I was able to kind of drink without, you know, without the worry of, oh my gosh, I got to drive. Right. I started off with that and then I had... Uh, the last one I have was the uh, the hazy IPA. Probably free wave. That that was very good. I was I was very impressed by that one as well. I'm glad I'm glad you got to try that one. Being an IPA fan, anybody that's a big IPA fan, I'm like, get some free wave. Got to get you some free wave. Gonna knock your socks off. Well, well, to wrap this all up, last question. Um, you know, at Athletic Brewing, I'm sure you see it on our cans, or you've heard about it, or, or saw it somewhere. We brew without compromise. Uh, just because, you know, if you're going to do something crazy in life or something against the grain or something out of the box like you're doing in the industry, it, it really takes being excellent. You know, there's no other way you're going to succeed when you're doing it different than being just the absolute best you can be, living without compromise. And so, um, you know, not only do we brew here without compromise, we live without compromise. Like I just said, what does it mean to you to live without compromise? Um, That phrase to me, well, what it says to me is that you stand on a certain level of morals and you hold yourself, you know, to a, to a standard where you where you're unwilling to compromise. Whatever it is you set your mind to, you do it, and there you have unwavering faith and work ethic towards, you know, your end goal because only you know where you know where you should be going and where you're working to. Even when you have those people who are in your corner who may or you know who may suggest for you to not 
pursue things the way that you're doing it. You know, it's good to take advice, but at, at the same time, don't compromise. All right. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Oren, for jumping in and telling your story. We're going to have to check back in with you towards the end of the program and hear how it's going. Uh, In the meantime, if you would like to try some of the non-alcoholic beer we've been talking about, some of Oren's favorites even, go to athleticbrewing.com. You can find any of our beers that's available right now, free shipping almost anywhere in the country. And also there's a store finder on there where you can see where we are on store shelves near you. 